0: The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and said, All of this I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus responded, Away with you, Satan, and Satan departed. Amen. It has been said by theologian Walter Brueggemann that there is a gap between the attainment of our own righteousness and the present state of our lives. An emptiness that takes the form of tension between what is and what is to be. Yet, he goes on to say that this distance is not so great that it cannot be bridged by hope and trust, and grace. There is a gap between righteousness and the current state of our lives indeed, and it is this gap that we are invited to embody and explore during this season of Lent. Lent is a time to stare directly into the emptiness that takes the form of tension as we prepare to reclaim the state of grace that is resurrection, new birth, and new life. This gap between righteousness and the current state of our lives is not a comfortable place. And the reality is that modern culture knows too well how uncomfortable this gap is for us. And consumer culture is deftly prepared to give us a million ways, to sell us a million ways to get out of that uncomfortable gap. Consumer culture wants to fulfill our needs to feel better, to look better, to numb the pain of shame we might find when we are between those two places of righteousness And reality. When Jesus is taken by Satan to the very high mountaintop, Jesus is between two places as well. Jesus is between his current state of life and his attainment of righteousness on his way to Jerusalem. He is in that gap and on a very high mountain. We've heard a lot about mountains lately in our scripture. Moses on the mountain, then Jesus on the mountain with Peter and James. The Beatitudes delivered on a mountain. Lots of mountaintop experiences. Mountaintop experiences. How many of you have actually ever been to the very top of a mountain? Then you will know. When I was in Israel, West Bank, our group went to the traditional site of one of Jesus's mountaintop experiences. In this story, Jesus has been teaching, and the people are beginning to wonder exactly who he thinks he is to teach like that. And in their fear and anger, they drive him out of town, and they attempt to throw him off the mountain However, we simply walked up a well-laid pilgrim path to the top of the mountain. Indeed, it was very high up and covered in sharp rocks. You could see all around you the valleys and the towns. And as I stood there, I realized that I felt completely exposed the wind was blowing so hard that I actually worried it could pick me up and toss me over the edge. I couldn't hear very well because the wind was so loud, and then it was so cold. Off the mountain, we had been warm, but now in the blasting wind, I was suddenly no longer prepared. In just a few steps, I had become unexpectedly vulnerable. That's the thing about mountaintop experiences, most of them, actually all of them, whether they are great moments of success and transfiguration or moments where the crowd is threatening to throw us over or Satan is tempting us, all of them are experiences that make us vulnerable And all of them expose us and others to the gap between our current state of life and righteousness. That exposure can lead us to be so vulnerable that we can give in to temptations that promise to hide us again. To mask our imperfections and perhaps create a false sense of strength and capability. When exposed, we can become vulnerable to the temptations that promise us power when we feel most powerless. So what do we have to learn from the way Jesus handles his mountaintop experiences like this one in our gospel today? What does it teach us about the gap between our own life and our own righteousness What does Jesus teach us about how to be in that space, exposed on the mountaintop, and how to survive it and move toward righteousness? Jesus overcomes great temptations in this scripture today. He's tempted to prove himself by performing magic. He's tempted to prove his uniqueness and relationship with God by falling from the high place and being saved by angels And he is tempted with absolute power when Satan promises him all of the kingdoms. Yet Jesus survives this mountaintop experience with great integrity. And I want to suggest that he doesn't survive it because he is Lord and divine. Because if that is the case, then this story offers no meaning for us. He survives the temptations for different reasons, and it is these reasons that point us toward the actions that will move us toward our own righteousness. When Jesus first meets the devil in this story, he has fasted, because even Jesus must prepare for such temptations. Even Jesus must have practices that strengthen his muscles of resistance. So first and foremost, Jesus has prepared his human self to meet obstacles. He has emptied himself and thus can see clearly what his needs are and where his weaknesses are. And while Jesus is prepared, the devil is very strategic. When the devil encounters Jesus, the first thing the devil says to Jesus is, if You are the Son of God. Satan begins his temptation of Jesus with the fundamental question that underlies all of the other temptations. Satan questions Jesus' sense of self. Satan is mocking Jesus, saying, Just who do you think you are? The question, Who do you think you are?, is an assaulting question for Jesus on the mountain. And I believe for us, when we are vulnerable, when we find ourselves in the gap between what is and what is to be, Jesus is able to answer Satan with certain confidence, not simply because he is divine, but because he knows he is God's beloved And he knows his journey is to Jerusalem. Jesus survives this mountaintop temptation because he is absolutely clear about who and whose he is. And he is clear about what he is to do with his life. Lent is a time of discernment. It's a time to stand in the gap and on the mountain, vulnerable and exposed, not to be ashamed, but to get clear about who we are and exactly who we belong to, and thus what our life is about. And we, as a people, we come to this season together because we are not out in the wilderness alone. We are not on a mountaintop alone We, the church, have chosen to be in this together. We are together in our confessing our own and our communal sins. Then we are together when we come to the table to be fed, to continue the journey. We will meet together through the season and discern together our common life as the church. And we, the clergy and your brothers and sisters, are here to hear your own discernments and to stand with you in the gap or on the mountain or wherever you feel most vulnerable. Because the church, the church offers us what consumer culture never will. The church offers us the time and the space and the support to stay in the discomfort of the gap between our own righteousness and the current state of our lives. The church offers us the assurance that we, like Jesus, are God's beloved, and we, all of us, belong to God. It is this the church offers us that will form the bridge between the state of our lives and the attainment of our own righteousness. We will not pull each other from the gap, but rather we will by hope and trust and grace bridge the gap together. I want to share a a prayer poem by Shauna Bowman, a Presbyterian pastor. She prays, As we embark on this Lenten journey, let's tell the truth about ourselves. Some of us have more than we need. If we have more than we need, let us release the extra and the excess back into the world, trusting our fullness will be enough. Some of us are overwhelmed. If we are filled up so full we're bursting, let's stop. Stop eating, stop drinking, stop moving, stop yesing every question and request. Just stop. Rest, pray, repeat. Some of us have nothing left to give and nothing left to give up. If we're empty, then let's get fed, but let's choose wisely. Let's fill ourselves on something that will sustain us Bread, sure, but how about deep and abiding love? How about a giant spoonful of grace? Some of us are lost. If we're lost and spiraling or buried under rubble, then let's put our arms around one another and lament. Lament the lost and the left behind. Lament the darkness Lament the dead and the dying. Lament at the borders and in the borderlands. Let's cry out for help and for human connection and for Jesus to find us, to see us, and to feed us too. Some of us are found. If we are standing on solid ground, if we know who and whose we are, if we have a glimpse of the beauty of Jesus' wild and redeeming grace, then we also know that was not our own doing and we didn't get there on our own. We know the road can be hard and long, and we know we must reach forward and back to bring one another along, to pick one another up. To become rehumanizers. So when we look into one another's eyes, we will remember that we are both fragile and resilient. We are living and we are dying. And in life and in death as well, we all, no matter who we are, we all belong to God. Amen.